to your... Are you sitting over here? This is yours, am I? Okay. Okay. All right. I'm just looking out for my, my bride. Okay. We have... Um, We have some uh, business to take care of here. First of all, we have a big, nice, beautiful fence out there. I think you might have seen if you came in. Amen. Um, fence for the air conditioners. And uh, that's a nice fence. And that's a... And we um, never thought I'd be excited about seeing a fence. But uh, that was pretty cool to see this morning. Yes, out here by the air conditioner. Is it what now? Is it shocking? No, it's not shocking. It was not electric fence. I wish there were an electric fence, but that no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> um, one one thing at a time. One thing at a time, and we'll work our way up to the other one. So, um, it's a sincere praise for the fact that we have that fence and we have this new pad and the air conditioning units out there, and it. Um, there's a lot of action that uh, had taken place, obviously, to get to this point, um, and we're thankful for those who contributed to, uh, in the way they, they did, in their own ways, either by either cash or the donation aspect to get to where we are today as a church. Um, it's a reminder that there are a lot of really great people out there who really are compassionate and really do care about um, what we are trying to do, what we're trying to teach, what we're trying to accomplish. And we are just very thankful for that. And we do want to make sure that we show our appreciation for those individuals. Um, so in probably next week, because I forgot the cards to bring, um, uh, we'll have some cards out for people to sign to be able to mail to individuals um, and say thank you for thinking of us and praying for us and all those good things. Um, because we want to make, you know, there's a, the likelihood that those individuals will ever come and cross our paths is next to zero, if you're talking about people in Arizona and California. But we are talking about people who are in the, the faith, in the body of Christ, who are reaching out and helping out. So just be thankful and give God the praise for what he's done and what he's doing and what he's going to continue to do for us. I think that's the, that's the lesson that, that is available for all of us, even though... Something bad happened, um, something good comes out of it. And I think that's what we want, you know, we want to have to see uh, these days. So we want, we want that affirmation that God is present in all things. I think that's the most important thing. Okay. The lesson, back to the lesson, lesson number 15. Um, God, do you hear prayer? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Uh, that is our lesson for today. And we're going to pick up where we left off. Uh, and get back into that discussion today. And again, as a reminder, and it's only just a reminder to give you focus on how this class, I hope that you look at it from a standpoint of, yes, there's a lot that we can gain from what we are seeing uh, in this material, but it's also important for us to bolster up our knowledge and faith and be able to talk to others, discipleship. I'm going to pray. I haven't forgotten. Thank you. Um, so just be mindful of that as we go forward and as we now look to the Lord with a word of prayer. And we will get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you give us to sit and 
Now just sit quietly and let the Spirit speak to us. We thank you again for your presence this morning. We thank you for how you make yourself known to us in many different ways. We thank you for how you speak to us. And Lord, help us to be sensitive to us, to sensitive to the times when you do speak to us. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for the knowledge and wisdom you impart to us. Bless us, Lord, and keep us, and we give you praise and thanks for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We made the we started the discussion after we had the initial introduction to the lesson last week about how frustrating it is if you don't have good cell phone service and then you find out, well, I'm going to ditch this lousy cell phone service and I'm going to get service where I can actually hear something from someone. And a lot of that had to do, frankly, with the service's ability to contract with certain towers and have service beamed to you properly. And that was the big complaint with AT&T back in the day. And then Verizon comes on the scene and says... Hey, we've got service. No matter where I go or stand, you can hear me. Well, in the same way, we sometimes ask the question of God in the midst of any kind of prayer. And understand something. This is usually prayer associated with times that aren't so good. When times are good, frankly, we don't pray as much as we should. Amen? When times are good, prayers are usually not on <laughs> the way of thinking. Where it should be a praise that you have what you have and what you're doing. So this is all things that we need to learn too. But sometimes when we talk about God hearing our prayer, we're wanting him to hear our prayer during very critical times in our lives when we are going through a lot of difficulty. We don't understand what's happening. And God is a God who is going to be very deliberate. He is going to make sure that his will is accomplished no matter what's going on. And sometimes we don't always line up with that. But the prayers that we have, we look for answers. It's a natural human instinct to want to have questions answered. The question is posed and you're looking for an answer or a series of answers. And this is why it's important for us to look at God operating in this situation and taking the human emotion aspect out of our prayer and putting in more of a practicality. Now, I know a lot of people are not going to want to hear that. A lot of people are wrapped up too much in emotion when it comes to prayer. And it doesn't mean that you can't get emotional because you should be emotional. You were created that way. But sometimes we do ourselves a disservice because emotion will, in many cases, wipe out logic or reasoning. And this is not a psychology class, but this is a reality that we all have to deal with. Emotion has to be put in a certain place. Because when you're talking about dealing with God and prayer, we have to go back to the person, the object, who we are praying to. Who is God? Is God completely aware of who you are and what's going on? The answer is yes. And logically, we know this. But we still sometimes wonder about, is God answering our prayer? And we had a nice discussion about that last week, and we have some debates 
And there was a conversation that I had after class last week, and I think part of it is semantics. Because we need to understand that God does hear every prayer. God does have a way of dealing with our prayers individually. It's not always a yes or no answer right away. There is that thing in between that we have to wrestle with sometimes. And sometimes we have to take into account God's timing. God's timing is a huge factor in how we recognize answers to prayer. And we don't always see that, and sometimes when we get too emotional or too wrapped up, we don't care about God's timing. I want it right now, is what usually we will do. Amen? I I wasn't trying to wake you all up, I just was making a point. But that's how we operate. In our flesh, that's what we do. We want answers right away, and sometimes, frankly, it's better we don't get those answers right away. Yeah, go ahead. Amen. Uh, even though he's the Almighty, he can answer our prayers whether we have a relationship or not with him. Mm-hmm. But when you have a relationship with him, you're more likely to wait mm-hmm. and stand. Sure. You've got to develop that relationship. Talk to him. That's right. That's, that's ongoing. Yes. Okay, that's a good answer. That's right. That's a very good answer. Did everybody hear what he said? His prayers are going to be answered according to his faith. And that's an important thing for us to remember. It's a relationship-based thing that we have going on with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about relationship. If you have a lousy relationship, your prayer life is going to suck. It's going to suck. You're not going to have a good relationship. You're not going to have a good prayer life if you have a lousy relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's just plain and simple. That's just logic. If Jesus is encouraging you to pray to your Father and even gives you examples of prayer in Scripture in the book of Matthew, He's telling you how important it is for you to be prayerful and even in that, what to focus on in your prayer. Even if it's a general prayer, there should be a general focus that you have when it comes to prayer. And that prayer is something that God is going to hear. Now, we just went through this exercise, can you hear me, can you hear me now? We wonder if he hears us. Oh, he hears you. He hears you. When you think he's not hearing you, oh, he hears you. He knows all about what's going on. But now we have to make sure that our prayers are focused, our prayers are proper our prayers are not selfish we have to take the human element out of our prayers and make sure that our prayers are not just vain recitings of things that you you know you heard from other people 
Yeah, that's right. Amen. And we learn how to pray, frankly, by going into a fellowship and going around other people. We learn how to pray sometimes when we're listening to others pray. We're learning how to pray based upon observation, listening to other people, hearing other people. There is a way to learn from others in this area. And that's the great reason why we have a fellowship. You know, it's one thing to be sitting at home and watching TV and watching Charles Stanley. And sure, he gives you examples of prayer, but we need to hear community prayer. We need to hear people getting together and praying and understanding that that's a very important aspect of our development in our faith. Now, let's face it. When we had our air conditioners stolen, that was a challenge to our faith, wasn't it? It was a challenge to us as to how we would respond as a church. Say it again, please. And nine batteries. Yeah, that's right. Everybody, you know, people don't, we kind of not talk about that, but people were stealing the batteries out of the trucks. So what it does tell you, now what it should tell you, rather than coming back with a response saying, doggone those scoundrels for stealing our battery. Okay, thank you. I, I thought about what I was going to say before I said it. But now your response as a person who truly has faith, those people must be really sad and desperate to steal from a church. You see that? You see how that gets turned around a little bit? It's a different way of thinking. And I think probably a lot of people kind of got that just from looking at comments on Facebook and places where people were responding, a lot of people understood that's a pretty sad situation for those people who steal for that purpose. Stealing from a church. And this is not the first time. There have been other stories, if you just happen to look through other stories in different parts of the country, where people are going into churches and trying to you know, ransack and steal from churches. Or, or Christian schools or whatever it is. So this is nothing new. Nothing that happened to us was any way strange. This is just part of the world we live in. But that's the point. It's the world we live in. Pardon me? Well, the world doesn't care about the church, but, but, but they're smart enough to know to break into a church or break in a place like this to know that we're not going to have a whole lot of stuff that's going to resist them. See, they, they're smart enough to know that. So people are clever, doesn't make them, you know, smart when it comes to doing the right thing. They're thinking about it. And they case joints, you know, you've heard that before. They'll case, they'll look and see the place for opportunity and they'll just take it. But we as a church have a response that is more about compassion rather than just getting angry. Compassion. And, you know, a natural question is, why would God allow something like this to happen? Well, the proper answer to that is that he allowed it to happen for what purpose? He gets the glory. Amen. He gets the glory. It's not for our glory. He gets the glory. God is being glorified. So we know, now we're just going to proceed with the lesson here. We've kind of had the discussion about this, about God hearing us. 
And we know he does hear us. But again, I have to inject once again, when we are in our flesh and we're in a vulnerable place in our lives, we do question if God hears us. Plain and simple, we do question it. In a normal time like this, we're saying, oh, yeah, he hears us all the time. But when you are all by yourself in your room somewhere and there's no one else around you except God, you wonder sometimes, is he hearing you while you're suffering? Amen? We must hear that and understand that. Especially when you are counseling someone else. Don't be insensitive and say, he hears you all the time. What's wrong with you? I don't think that's going to work very well in the situation. You're not going to encourage someone under those circumstances. You can gently speak the truth. But you need to understand that you're talking to someone who is distraught and needs to be calmed down. And sometimes it's better not to say anything. How many times have we said that? Sometimes it's better not to say anything and just be with somebody. Go ahead. What were you? Hugs. Don't say anything. You know, sometimes words are too much. When you're counseling someone, words can be sometimes too much. We're not just trying to show somebody how much scripture we know. We're trying to show people how much love and compassion we have as Jesus would show that. Jesus wasn't ripping out scripture every five seconds when he was talking to people. You notice that? He was just talking to them. He was giving them, he was consoling them, he was being with them, he was spending time with them. Compassion. What's the question posed in Psalm 94.9 imply about God's hearing? Psalm 94.9 is what you would turn to if you're not already there. What, is the, what does the question posed in Psalm 94.9 imply about God's hearing? It says, he who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? What is that implying? Yes. If he made the ear, which he did, he should be able to hear. If he made the eyes, he created you to be able to see and hear. Then certainly he can see everything that's going on and he knows everything that's going on because he certainly hears it. And the hearing implication here is that, yes, he hears your prayers. We got that. And we understand that. And as you're counseling someone, it's important for you to share that. Now, that isn't going to address the question, well, how come God isn't answering the question right away or your prayer right away? Well, we'll get to that. Let's deal with that. If he can hear... Why does it seem like he doesn't hear us? Does he have selective hearing? Maybe the question isn't, does God hear? But what does he hear? Go to Psalm 5.3. Psalm 5, verse 3. We know, let's, let's start with verse 1. That's a good lead into verse 3. Psalm 5, starting at verse 1. For those of us who are electronic, you're there already. 
We'll wait for the others to catch up. That's fine. Psalm 5.1 To the choir master for the flutes, a psalm of David. Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning. Sets the stage. It's a very specific appeal to God. Verse 2. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. So according to Psalm 5.3, God hears what? My voice. My voice. Now you can pray to yourself and you have an inner voice in your head without speaking You can form words in prayer, and you know what? He hears that. But he certainly hears you when you open your mouth. Amen? Amen. The voice. He hears your voice. He hears what you have to say. Now, understand that you see how this pray, this whole thing is set up here in in, in Psalm 5. David saying, hear my groaning. Well, groaning is not implying a great time. When you're groaning, that means you are in some sort of agony or some sort of difficulty or some sort of stressful situation. When you're, say it again. Pain. Okay, very good. Pain. You were hurting for... Now, now he's joking, but I know this, this, this young man here has to deal with pain on a regular basis. Okay? And then he jokes to kind of, you know, that's a, that's a mechanism to deal with it. Because if you have daily pain, what do you do? You pray pretty much all the time. You pray for relief. You pray for something to help you to get through each day. And he's not the only one that goes through daily pain, by the way. There are a lot of people around us, they don't talk about it, but they may have all kinds of aches and pains that they're dealing with on a regular basis. Some of that's part of old age. That's right. But what it does call to your attention is, once again, this thing about compassion. Understanding those things. Recognizing those things. Being sensitive to the people who are around you. If someone's hurting, you should be asking, is there something I can do to pray for you? Is there something I can do for you? If you're discipling someone, that should be a natural response. It should be a natural response because you are sensitive to Jesus Christ. What did we just get through saying at the beginning of this? Relationship building. Relationship building with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit gives you sensibilities and sensitivities. Sensibilities and sensitivities. Sensibilities meaning it's outside of yourself. It's looking at other people and looking at circumstances. And now sensitivities recognizing there's a reason that you're here to help be compassionate for someone else. The Spirit gives you all of that. David is talking about how he's hurting and he's appealing to God to hear his voice. 
So God hears your voice. Here's a question for you. What did he hear from you this morning? Get up. Okay. What did he know? What did he hear from you this morning? He probably told you to get up. Okay. Yeah, okay, I'll get up. You said thank you. Very good. Amen. It, it breaks it down real simple now. You see this? Even when he's in pain, I got up. Thank you, Lord. It breaks it right down. It gets right down to the nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty. It gets right down to the nitty-gritty. I know, I'm old school. I'm, you know, I just, stuff just starts coming out, and I don't even know where it comes from. But it makes you thankful for what you have. Now, you may not be 100%. Uh, Lynn and I went to see my mother on Friday. We had to drop off some supplies. And I've told you guys about my mother and her condition. She, she's in her own world. She does not really have um, any kind of skills as far as communication is concerned. She does basically things, everything that comes out of her mouth. They're not necessarily songs. They're just, it sounds like a song, but it's just talking. But it's not necessarily having a conversation either. So that's her condition. But the praise is, is that she's healthy. I mean, if you look at it from a standpoint of just physical health, she's up walking around. She can't sit still, really. She's up walking around the entire complex. She almost tried to follow us out the door. She was hitting <laughs> She was dancing. <laughs> Ernestine? Ernestine? She knows her name, you know. But the praise is, is that we have a place where she can be, and I know she's going to be safe. That's a praise. Because you know that it's not a given in every place that you find when it comes to assisted living. It's, it's, a, not, a, it's not a given. She's safe. You know, she has her meds. You know, basically, on average, about $150 a month in medication. You know, after, you, after the Part D or Part B kicks in. Yeah. Sure. She has a really good relationship also with the people who are there caring for her too, which is helpful. I mean, she sees them more than she sees us, but but she doesn't know who we are. She just knows we're just we're just a couple people who showed up. You know, that's it. There you go. Can you dig it? Are you? Okay. Okay. Amen. Nursing home. Okay. Okay. 
that's that's right. Okay. There's something good that you can take away from that is the point. You see that? That's what you need to see. And as you talk to other people who have that same situation in their own families, show them that there are good things that come out of it. There may not, it may not look that way right on the surface, but there are good things that come out of it. The most important aspect of it is just, you know, if singing is what helps a person along, sing to them. Oh, yeah, because that stuff sticks up here. That stuff stays with you. Music has a profound... We're going to have a seminar about music next year. And we, we kind of started off this year with the, the spring break conference and we had some music playing in the midst of our conversation about you know the relationship you have with the Lord and how music does have an effect and an impact. And we're going to talk about that more. Music is something that is so groundbreaking when it comes to, comes to the relationship you have, especially in, with the Lord. It's amazing. You remember stuff, you pull stuff out of your head that you thought you forgot from a long time ago, just based upon music. And we always have to remember that music did not just start here on earth. Music has always been around. Yes, that was his responsibility. Music has always been around. We can point back to maybe the first time we heard about music on earth, but that wasn't the first invention of music. It's just a recreation of it. All right, let's continue. So hopefully God did hear something from you this morning. That's the most important thing. A prayer life, when we're talking about praying continually, praying without ceasing, your prayer life should be part of your life all day long. Whether you're at work or play, I remember when I said sometimes we don't pray sometimes because things are going well. We're playing. We're doing whatever we're doing. Well, we need to inject praise the Lord into our prayers even when things are good. It's a good habit to have. Don't be a Christian. Here we go. Don't be a Christian who only prays when things are going poorly. Yes, sir. Yep. David wrote this song. I think we can read about it in Second Samuel. Okay. Second Samuel fifteen. No, let's go to fifteen twelve. Fifteen twelve? Let's read a couple of verses. Okay, hang on. We'll let everybody get there. Second Samuel fifteen twelve. Yes. Now I'm gonna read over your shoulder. What you got Good there? Good deal. Okay. All right. Second Samuel fifteen twelve. And I think ap- this was the condition that David was in when he wrote that song. All right, I'm going to see what you got here. Okay. Okay. And Absalom, starting at verse 12, and Absalom went for Ahithophel, the Gilanite, David's counselor from his city, even from Gilo? That's interesting. Okay. While he offered sacrifices, and the conspiracy was strong for the people was strong for the people increased continually with Absalom. And now, who was Absalom? That was David's son. Okay. 
Okay. I just want everybody to know. <laughs> Thank you. Would you need one more verse? Somebody know. That's right. Absalom was David's son. That's correct. Verse 13, and there came a messenger to David saying, the hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. But that is the condition that David was in when he wrote this song. Okay. That's the background of it. Okay. You are, you are making a, you are making a connection there based upon that. Okay. Well, this is Psalm 6 that you're showing me. You're showing me Psalm 6? Five, uh, Psalm five. 5 is right here. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I just want to make sure you had the right... Okay. okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. We're, we're checking things out on the fly. All I'm saying is when we read this, we should say, what is this saying? Okay. That's right. Okay. Very good. So he definitely was acting because things weren't going so well. But our lesson is to remember, the only time we should be, we should not only be praying only when things are bad. We should also be praying when things are good. That's how you develop your prayer life. Your prayer life is going to develop when you are consistently praying all the time. We know a lot of examples where things are not going well. Amen? Okay. Well, we need to balance that now and remember that God is worthy of our praise because you do have a great deal. Okay. According to Psalm 10, verses 17 and 18. Go to Psalm 10. We're going to be spending a little bit of time in the Psalms. You might have picked up on that. Psalm 10, 17 and 18. Psalm 10, 17 and 18. Why do you think, well, let me, let me ask you the question. Why do you think we're spending a lot of time in the Psalms over this subject? Pardon me? A lot of the times the Psalms were prayers. And they were prayers and they were lyrical prayers. They were songs. Is that what you were going to say? I want to make sure everybody... Is an agreement? We're all in agreement. Okay. They're songs, but they're prayers. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, that's very true. And that's a, that's a, I'm not sure who said that either, but I, I think I have heard that before. Okay. So what it says in Psalm 10, 17 and 18, it says, O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so that man who is of earth, of the earth, may strike terror no more. So God hears what? You hear, he, well, you hear, it's more than the voice. Look at, the, look at what it says in verse 17. What does you hear? You hear what? The desire of the afflicted. And you automatically see what the response is when that person recognizes that God hears the desire of the afflicted. 
The Lord strengthens you. The Lord encourages you. When you know that God is hearing you, you are encouraged. He strengthens you. There may not be an immediate answer. But even in that, he strengthens you. That's one of the most important reasons why we should be praying. He encourages you. He will strength, you will strengthen your heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so that man who is of earth may strike terror no more. Now that's an appeal for justice. That's an appeal for God to right the wrongs that are taking place. And we know there's a lot of prayer out here that needs to be taking place about righting wrongs. Amen? The news, if you allow it, can be depressing. It can be very depressing. How does a young woman crossing the street get run over by somebody and left to die in the middle of the street? How does a house get shot up in the middle of the night and a six-year-old child who's sleeping is killed? There's a lot of wrongs that are taking place in the world today. And what we have to understand is that prayer is what helps us to get through those situations and circumstances. And in both of those cases, there's no immediate answer to it. They're still trying to find the person who hit the woman, and they're still trying to find the people who shot up the house. So there's no immediate answers. What else have you got? What have you got? You have what? You have God. You have Jesus Christ. You have the Spirit who gives you encouragement. You have the ability to counsel other people through tough times. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. The world doesn't understand sympathy or compassion. When the police officer in Dallas received a sentence of 10 years, the first thing people were saying was that that person should have gotten much more than 10 years without taking into account the jurisdiction that they're in. It may be improper. You may not like the sentence, but you have to understand something. Justice is not just what's done here on earth. Justice takes place in the kingdom. And the people there in the courtroom understood that. Well, the, the brother of the person who was shot to death understood that. We just want you to have a relationship with Christ. A lot of that was edited out of the footage that was being shown. We want to see you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's talking about a kingdom. He's not talking about justice here on earth. He's, and the judge who gave a Bible to the person who was convicted... Telling them to read John 3.16, people are outraged by that. Well, excuse me. That's the kingdom talk. That's God working. You have to understand something here. There are some people who really do get it. It's not about what happens here on earth. It's what happens for the kingdom. That's what we need to see. The world is outraged by that. They don't like that. They don't really want to see stuff about that. They don't want to talk about that. So now you know what battlefield you're on. 
Recognize it. Yes. I firmly believe that these representations not only don't have to appear in the film, but I believe every time there has to be, there should, there might be one in that group. Every time you cast a script, it's built on this part. Because the fact is that they can feel kind of left. Correct. Maybe. You know, but every time they cast, if you focus on one certain part, maybe not all of them, but there's always one in the group that's a little hesitant to do something. People need to see the truth, but deliver it with compassion. That's what we need to understand. And that's what we need to see here, too. And that's exactly what happened in that courtroom in Dallas. There was still truth. But it was given with compassion. We are not to be heavy-handed when it comes to the gospel. Well, go ahead, real quick. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Brother Viv, uh, you take 1920. Okay. You take now. 1920, they were doing rape and lynching. Yep. Now they're closing up all the churches. Yep. But they're not doing the lynching so much. No. The prayers, I believe the prayers are still the only weapon that we have and the only thing that we can say that makes a difference because everything else the law Yeah. taking the church out of it. spirit out of it. As long as you recognize that. That's right. Yeah, prayer is the most important thing. He does hear our prayers. We're going to talk about this. We're going to move on next week a little bit more into the subject. But we want to understand that God does want to hear you pray. But your prayers need to be sometimes more focused, looking at certain things. You're praying for changed hearts. You're praying for changed lives. If you're praying for the gospel of Jesus Christ, the most important thing is you're specifically praying for changed hearts and changed lives. To be able to hear the Spirit speak. That's what we're praying for. So this was a good discussion about how we talk to people and how we communicate with people about this whole thing about prayer. Amen? Good discussion about that. We'll pick up next week. Father, we just thank you for this time you've given us to just sit quietly and hear you speak to us. We thank you for the lessons you teach us daily. We thank you for the reminders that we should be prayerful at all times. We thank you for helping us through these situations that come up. And Lord, they come up sometimes in a fast and even a ferocious way. But Lord, we know you're in control. And we know that you're the one who is allowing things to happen for the specific purpose and reason that you will be glorified. We understand that. Lord, it's tough sometimes, though, to sit through that. But we do understand it. Help us to have more of a desire to look to you in all situations that come up. And not just respond with anger or rage, but respond with prayers and even quietness. That you are working. That you are present. Help us to remember to pray for others, even though they do wrongs to us. And we thank you again for how you teach us. 
We pray now for the upcoming message and the speaker. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll see you next time.